0: Hey, friends. You know I love a good story, especially when it's a God story that equips, inspires, and encourages us in our walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Curacosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America and International, author and traveler on this journey of faith, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the Her God Story podcast. In our last episode, Jan Tennyson, who's the founder and president of the Dare to Dream Children's Foundation, began telling her story from being raised as a foster child in New York City to finally realizing she was adopted into God's family when she was an adult. And that is where her adventure took off. I mentioned Psalm 3723, which reads in the New Living Translation, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And we will see even more this episode, how true that has been in Jan's life as she shares some of the things God has done through the Dare to Dream Children's Foundation, as well as how God has continued to lead her to share his love no matter where she is. There are even more stories in her book, She Dares to Dream, and once you hear what she has to say, you might just want to get the book to find out more. Welcome back, Jan. So you've always had a heart to help children, even when you were young and you were thinking about becoming a Mary Knoll nun, and now that you had committed your life to following the Lord, He started opening new doors for you to share his love with children who were experiencing some of the things you did at that same age. And, you know, that reminds me of 2 Corinthians 1, 4, and that says, He comforts us in all our troubles so we can comfort others. When we are troubled, we are able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And you had been speaking to children, but you started comforting them in a new way and encouraging them to dream big dreams because God loved them. And God has opened so many doors for you to minister all over the world. Just tell us two or three stories. I know you could go on and on and on, but tell us two or three of your favorite stories of doors that God opened for you and how they impact the children you reach.
1: Because, you know, we didn't have much family. We we didn't have grandmothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, anything. We didn't have any of that. I just said, well, here I am. We've got four kids. You know, there's there is my sister who lived in Boca Raton, Florida. And there's my brother who lived out in California. And there was my younger brother who lived in New York. And then there was me who lived in Dallas. So I said, well, if I fly to those places to see my, my existing family, then I can also find there's children in every city of this nation that need hope. So I, I, one of the first places I would go would be to Florida because I love the beach. And so my sister lived in Boca. And I said, Peggy, I said, I want to visit some of the facilities here. So I I got the phone book, and I just looked it and looked at, up the the places for children. And I would find uh, a facility, and I would say, well, if I could take – I'd like to meet you first. But then if I could take them outside of the facility and do something in a dream setting, would you be willing to let me do that? And they said uh, – well, let's meet first. And then, of course, they said, absolutely, you can do that. So this one day, I uh, was sitting on a dock with my sister, and um, I'm looking at all these river boats go by, and beautiful dining boats go by, and I'm saying, oh, my goodness, that would make an incredible uh, classroom. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, well, look, I said, they've got the motor, they've got, the, they've got a, the, the view, they've got the food, they've got a classroom, they've got seats. I said, that would be wonderful. And about five minutes after I took that to her, a 52-foot blue water cruiser came in directly to where we were sitting. The name of that cruiser was the Sea Dream. I had already called my ministry Dare to Dream Children's Foundation, and it was in Dallas. And I, I stood up when I saw that cruiser, and I My sister said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to meet the captain. He says, you don't even know him. I said, watch. So I gave my card to one of the staff. I said, take it up to the captain on the bridge. I want to talk to him. So he ran up and gave him my card, which said, Dare to Dream Children's Foundation. And he says, wow, what a coincidence. Well, to him, it was a coincidence. To me, it was a divine appointment. And I, he said, well, who are you? And I said, well, my name is Jan Tennyson. I'm from Dallas, Texas, and I do outrageous classes for very disadvantaged children. And I would like to know if you would be in dream settings. I said, your, your yacht looks like a dream setting to me. Would you be willing to let me bring some of the youth from Covenant House right here in Fort Lauderdale on your yacht and let's take them down the intercoastal and let me do a class with them on the yacht? And he looked at the card and didn't say anything for a minute. And I didn't say anything for a minute. It was silence. And he said, I, you have hit my hot button. He said, I would be delighted. So on four separate separate occasions, I was flown down to Fort Lauderdale, filled it with kids who had been displaced and on the streets and abused, neglected terrible situations at each one, and they got to be invited guests on the Sea Dream, and I gave each one of them a Dare to Dream t-shirt, and we were like a family, and we were there, I told them a little bit about my story, but I had my keyboard with me, and I I said, you know, we're going to have some fun today, and I said, if any of you at some point want to just go down, you know, into the galley and just have a one-on-one with me, just, you know, let me know, and we'll we'll do it so i would play my keyboard and i had something where i had latin music in it and we could be doing all the cha-chas and all those wonderful things so we mixed the fun with the message about you know with god all things are possible and i i went down and heard some stories that i wouldn't even want to say on the air i mean about the tragedies of these children but one of the one of the other uh incidents is I was invited to be in the twentieth annual Christmas boat parade where 70 boats had Christmas lights all over them. And I asked if we could have a microphone as set up for the kids that they could sing Christmas carols as we passed by the crowds. And we did that. And as the evening was progressing, all it was like a rainbow of lights, Christmas lights on the water with singing of the children. Uh, And the people would stand up and clap as we would go by because we had a big banner on the yacht that said Dare to Dream Children's Foundation. Now, that was a memory that could last a a lifetime. And to put that that all together, that had to be God. He just tapped me on the shoulder and used me to be able to make the strategy and connections that it took to do that. So I still am waiting for my Christmas White. I did do a Christmas White House, too which is similar to that, and it's it's just amazing how he pushes me around and um, allows me to find his gifts, and the gifts that he gives me is heart stones on the beaches of the world. I have a whole box filled with
0: stones that I've found on, in Turkey and in, in different places, that I, and each one has its own story. Well, tell an international story because you do share uh, your message of of hope overseas as well. One of
1: my international stories is that um, I had uh, Mary Dedham Faulkner is a sweet, sweet lady who has uh, a ministry, and I was invited to go with her to Thailand. And so she had she and her husband had started many, many churches there. And so she said that she was going to uh, take us into um, some of the camps in Burma where they had all different children who were orphans and things. And it was very dangerous then. There were guns and soldiers and everything like that. So we had to actually not go into Burma. We stayed on on the Thailand side. But we found a camp, and there were about five cars. And she said... um, Jan, she said that uh, we're going to go in there. And I, when we she, she was the first car, and I was in a second or third car, didn't know what she said. And the soldier came out with his guns and everything, and he said, what do you want here? And so they said, well, we're singers. She didn't tell us we were singers. <laughs> so we went in, and he says, well, when are you going to sing and where? Because I would like to attend. <laughs> the guard wanted to attend. We had never practiced singing. We had never heard that we were going to be singers. Of the whole group, there was only one lady who was a singer. And it was amazing because we sang and we sounded like angels from heaven. Our songs to those children were heaven sent. It makes me cry when I think of it. And it was after those songs that I received my spiritual language because I I kept praying for the Holy Spirit to, to really touch me. I wanted to have all the gifts. I said, I want every one of them. I said, I'm so, uh, I've am so. i been separated from so much that God had for me for so long. I said, and I'm a late bloomer. So Lord, I really want the gifts of the Spirit and I want to be able to do that. And when that was finished, I had my prayer language and have had it ever since. That was one. And then, then another, within that same refugee camp, I was asked to speak to them. And the night before, I said, I wanted to find a candle. And they said, well, what for? I said, you'll see. So there was a teacher on the side. And there was, oh, I think I showed you the picture of all the refugee children of, you know, all all different faiths and everything like that. And I had this candle. And I said, you know, I know a song. I'm not going to sing, but I'm going to say it to you. And because I said, I love you and I said in my faith Jesus loves you and I said that I'm gonna be thinking of you and I want you to think of me and I want I want you to just hear this little and I hear this prayer and I put the candle up. I did not light it because we were in a thatched hut kind of a thing. And I said, It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around will warm up to its glowing. And that's how it is with God's love. Once you experience it, it's fresh like spring. You want to sing and you want to pass it on. And so I took that candle and I handed it to the teacher and they clapped like I had given her a million dollars. And so I said, well, that will be just a reminder to pray. And so I left them and I do think of them and I have that picture on my desk because I want to remember to pray for them.
0: Yeah, so God has taken you to amazing places. Jan, I love that you're so bold. You pray bold prayers, and God gives you bold ideas to minister hope. What is the boldest, biggest thing God's ever had you do? Oh, wow. Well,
1: I have been doing these kinds of things for quite a few years, and I didn't have sponsors. I didn't have much money at all. And so I, I used all the money that I had in my savings account And I said, well, God, you know, if you want me to be in ministry, you're going to have to do something so profound. Give me an idea that I know it's not Jan's idea, that I know it's your idea, that it's heaven sent. And the next morning, Jody, just as sure as we're sitting here, he said, do a concert at the Meyerson. Well, the Meyerson is one of the foremost incredible concert halls in our states and maybe in the world. I don't know. And I said, do a concert at the Meyerson. I said, I don't know where that money's going to come from, but, you know, I did believe that with God all things were possible. So two days later, I went down and I spoke to the people at the Meyerson and told them that I wanted to do a fundraising concert so that I would be able to continue this ministry and do wonderful things for disadvantaged children especially. And, um... They said, well, we can't do it this year because we're totally booked. And I said, he says, we'll have to take a look at the next year. I said, no, it has to be this year. And so I said, tell me what's happening between Christmas and New Year's. And he said, um, oh, we're closed, he said, we're, so we're, we don't even look at that. I said, well, could you pencil me in for December the 28th? I just, that question came right out of my mouth, which I knew had to come from God. You know, it's like I'd never heard him tell you, say it was closed. <laughs> and and so I said, and you'll still have the Christmas decorations up, correct? He says, oh, yeah. I said, well, could you pencil me in? He says, are you sure? I said, I am perfectly sure. And he did. And he, he penciled me in for December 28th, and I think it was 1992 or 3. And what happened was that, um, you know, I'm just looking, oh, my gosh, you now what? And he said to me, he said, what are you going to call it? He says, I'm going to call it An Evening with the Stars. And he said, I love that name. He said, uh, who are the stars that are, that you're thinking of?' That who, who I said, you know what? We're not releasing that information yet. Because <laughs> I didn't have a clue. <laughs> I did not know. So again, listening audience, just know that God will equip you when you need it. And so... Uh, don't ever be afraid to ask or to dream or anything like that. So anyway, I, I knew Linda Septienne, who was a friend, and she could sing from Bach to Broadway. And if there no, was no one else on the stage, she could absolutely keep them entertained. And then I had, I said, well, I need a pianist. So I looked through my database, because when I go to Functions, if I like the pianist, I'll take his card and put it in my database So I said, "Well, this is Christmas time." So I'm looking through the list, and then I saw the name Klaus Klum. Well, just so that sounds Christmassy, (laughs) it's like being at the racetrack and betting on your favorite color. (laughs) And so that's how that's how I picked my pianist. And it turns out at the time he was the lead pianist, uh, a director at Christ for the Nations Bible School. I didn't know. I didn't know that and i called him and he says jan i would be delighted i said this has to be all pro bono i have no money so it's going to have to be a gift to god and he said i would love it he says but you have to go listen to somebody else tonight since it's last night at this particular hotel in dallas i said i am so tired i can't even go out he says you'll be missing out well you know i don't want to miss anything so I went and I sat in the corner at this hotel and was listening to this man playing the piano. And I'm saying, Oh my gosh. And he could sing too. Mm-hmm. So WT Greer was on stage. Wow. And he was wonderful. He sings all over the world, you know, cruise ships and everything. And, and so we, I decided to do something and this had to be from God because I would, this was supposed to be fundraising. I, Invited all the homeless communities that I knew to sit in the orchestra seats. Well, how are you going to make money on that, Jan? (laughs) You know? And then I invited Buckner and Casa and all the different uh, shelters that I was associated with at the time to be in the box seats, the most expensive seats in the theater. I said, for once in their life, they will have a positive memory that they had the best suit in the house. And I will never forget that evening. And I was sitting in the middle on the, uh, with my children up in the, uh, actually, it was the queen seat. I said, I'm going to sit in the queen seat because I got to do something good for me. <laughs> and then Linda on the stage, she, she said, before she finished and was making a conclusion, she said, I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this evening would never happen if it wasn't for that lady sitting right up there, turn around and look at her. And they did. And she says, Jan, I want you to come down to this stage because I didn't want to even be noticed. You know, I wanted to sit up there, but I didn't want anything like that. But, you know, God has his little surprises for us. So I get in the elevator and I come down to the stage level and I'm walking through the orchestra, you know, up to the stage to a standing ovation. The entire theater was on their toes. And I'm saying to myself, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And I was about ready to go off the stage after they said it. And then Ann Quest, who was the head of the Dallas Prayer Ministry, she said, we have a gift for you. And what she did, she came walking out to the char- to the stage, to, and Mara Sheets was my speaker. And she came out and she said, I want you to have this, Jan, in memory of this incredible evening. And it was a It was a large beveled glass star because I had called it an evening with the stars and she somehow found that star. And I told Marashites that the message had to be that the most important person in this room is sitting right in your seat. And since we are going out into a new uh, year, I want them to know that you have seen an anointed contact You've been touched by God, and now you can go out and touch other people in this new year. And it was so perfect. It was so orchestrated. Like, I didn't put that all together. God did. So when I think about that, I'm saying anything's possible, guys. Don't ever think that your dream is not good enough. It is. It is.
0: Yeah. And, you know, starting a ministry and keeping it going can be very challenging. 36 Years now running. Um, what has kept you from throwing in the towel? Well, by by the last few years, especially, I
1: I there's a scripture that I heard um, that I, I didn't know it. I didn't even know what it meant. But Luke nine sixty two uh, was when Jesus was talking to his disciples. He says, "No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God." Well, I heard that and I'm saying, You can't quit. This is what God's called you to do. Mm. So, you know, I'll I'll just ask God to give me the next revelation of what he wants. Just keep showing me what you want, Lord, and I'll do it until my dying day. I you know, the only thing he hasn't done for me is give me a secretary. But needless to say I have got this cross which says Jesus and Jan. It's a J and J upside that I got in Israel when I was baptized in the River Jordan. And I just remember that. He's never going to leave me and forsake me. He's going to provide what I need. It might not be in my timing, but you know what? His ways are not our ways. So he just wants to show you the power of your story. And I'm getting more interviews and more opportunities now than ever. So that, you know that's one of the things I'm doing.
0: And a few years ago, you were, you were diagnosed with a health issue, which I'm sure was uh, a, a thought of maybe, Lord, it's time to hang up the towel here. But you had faith in a miracle-working God, because you had seen so many miracles in your life, um, and you had a lot of people praying for you. Share about what God did.
1: Okay, well, I have had osteoporosis and weak bones most of my life. However, it was getting worse and worse and um it turns out that um that it got so bad that I was falling, broke my wrist and fell different times and they said we need to put you over at uh, UT Southwestern, which is bone specialists over there that can do a better job than we can. And so I went and, you know, they looked at the history and everything like that and this delightful doctor said to me, she says, well, you only have one chance to be able to um, get these bones stronger, and you need to take this particular medicine, which was called Reclast. And I don't just obey a doctor. I go and do my own research, and it turns out it was in the same stream as Fosamex, which destroyed my esophagus, So, because a lot of times I don't sound this good. I sound pretty good right now without a microphone. But... um, I said I, I'm not going to do that. So I said, "What else can I do?" She says, "Well, diet, you know." I she says, "But that's the least effective." I said, "You know what? I know King Jesus, and he's going to be eating with me. So I'm just going to try that." And for two years, I went on a low oxalate diet, and I also had the opportunity to um, to you know just pray and pray and pray and never stop praying and uh, uh, quite a few months ago I was released from UT Southwestern and they told me you do not have osteoporosis you have what you had before which was osteopenia and so you're doing the right thing just keep doing that to God be the glory to God be and the so glory
0: you, your your bone deterioration reversed Correct. and um I mean, she said, they were thinking there was no way it was going right. to happen. She
1: said, "In my practice, I have never seen this, and this is one of the finest doctors at UT Southwestern." So I so know God. God is there. One other quick story I'd like to tell is that um, I had a um, a kidney stone, and I was in—I didn't have any pain. They put me in the hospital, and the next morning the doctor said. She says, yes, you do have a kidney stone. But she says, and they were going to release me that day to go to a a different doctor who could take care of that. And they said, but we can't release you because you have sepsis. Now, sepsis is a very deadly blood disease. And I have no idea how I get it, nor do they know how I got it. But the enemy will step in to do anything to take you out, especially when you're doing God's work. So... I, I mean, it was like around Mother's Day, and, and my children didn't come until the evening, but that morning of Mother's Day, I went into my bathroom in the, my room. My face looked like Santa Claus. It was so swollen. The medicine was not the right medicine for me, and it had a reaction, and I swole up like you wouldn't believe. But by the time my kids got there, um, it had gone back to normal again. And so I said, well, God, if I have to be in this hospital, I want you to use me for your glory. I do not want to spend 17 days in a bed where I'm sick. So um, he did that. He gave me, I said, and I want no pain. I'm a very pain conscious person and I cannot stand pain. And so I know you have the capabilities not to give me any pain. The doctors were amazed because through that whole situation, I had no pain Plus, whenever a doctor or a nurse or an aide would come to my bed, I would say, "How can I pray for you?" So I had people getting saved at my bedside. Wow. I had doctors practically in tears. I had nurses when I would walk around the nurses' station to give me exercise. You know, I said I would say to them, "Tell me about your life. How can what how, what what do you need most?" And they said, oh, I need money for this, that, and that. So I said, okay, let's pray. So I was praying the whole time I was there. I was being used. So I said, "God, only God can do that. And, I said, yeah. and, he, and he gave me the joy of the Lord to be my strength. Because that's the thing. You have to say, God, I want that kind of joy. I want the joy of the Lord. I don't know how to do that. I'm depressed, and I don't know how to get out of this hole. He will hold your hand if you let
0: him. Yeah. And sometimes God takes us to places we don't really want to be. Nobody else wants to be there either because he wants to be a witness. And that's what he did with you in that hospital. Of course, you didn't want to be there for two, three weeks, but God needed an agent of his grace in the midst of that place to minister life and hope to those doctors and nurses and, and everybody you came in contact with. And you know, we were talking last week, Jan, and you mentioned how God gave you a unique, a unique strategy to share the love of Jesus with others recently, kind of during the COVID, you know, time when we weren't out seeing other people. Uh, so what have you been doing recently?
1: Well, uh, I've, learned, I've learned a couple of things. First, I'll tell you, I have learned not to say I have technical difficulties, Because the enemy says, oh, yes, you do, Jan. And every day I would have four or five different things with PayPal or Spectrum or, you know, AOL or whatever. And I'd be on the phone with a technical person. And these technical people that are serving us are all over the world. So I would say, I, I said, God, I'm getting so much technical difficulties and I don't want to be a crabby old lady. So you help me to know what can I do to be able to know that there is light at the end of this tunnel of despair. And so, sure enough, just as he did with the Mars, and he gave me an idea the very next day, and I said, okay, I'm going to do that. So I'd get on the phone with somebody, and we might be on the phone for 45 minutes and still haven't solved the problem. And I'll just say to them, you know, I said, you sound like you're talking to me from next door. I said, what country are you calling from? And they said, oh, I'm in Cameroon, or oh, I'm in Indonesia, or I'm in the Philippines, or wherever around the world. And I'm saying, isn't that amazing? So they're in agreement with me. They're already in agreement. And I'll say, I need to ask you one thing, because I do mission work all over the world. And I want to ask you, is there anything personal that I can pray for you or your family about? And sometimes, Jody, it's complete silence for a minute. And they'll say, I am shocked because no one has ever asked me that question. And yes, I do have needs. And they'll tell me about their marriage, they'll tell me about their children, they'll tell me about their child who's dying in the hospital. They'll they'll get saved. They'll 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 tell me what church they're going to, they'll tell me stuff about them that you wouldn't even tell your best friend. <laughs> and so I would be able to comfort them and give them that blessed assurance that God loves them or he would have never put us together and that he knows that um, that uh, he sent me or gave me the person at the other uh, you sent you to me so that you could know that he's watching and he has his hand on your shoulder and he's going to help you if you'll let him
0: that's powerful
1: so whatever God says to give them I do and then I take an excel spreadsheet and I type their first name. I type the country, and I type the date, and I type what I prayed for. So, eat. I have a list bigger than Santa Claus's list of all the people for the last two years, practically, that I've been praying for. And I don't get everybody on the Excel sheet, but I've got most of them.
0: Wow! So I can go back
1: and just say, God, you know every need of every one of person. Yeah. Every one of
0: those people. So even when you've been shut away in home. You know, not able to be out and right. about. God has given you right. a ministry that's touched the nations through your phone. Exactly. Exactly. And
1: anybody can do that. Anybody. So I say pass it on, just like the candle, pass it on, get that spark going.
0: So, Jeanne, what's a key truth you want our listeners to grasp from your story?
1: Uh, well, the biggest the biggest effect of my story is to build faith faith in a loving God, that's that's the one thing. And after they hear these stories, hopefully they'll say, well, me too. I can do, God doesn't love me anymore. And that with God, all things are possible. And that I—that the scripture I absolutely love is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him and that he will direct your path. Okay. And so, so whatever it is, he's going to take you where he wants to take you, if you'll let him. And if you're going to just keep turn your back on him, you can do that. He's going to let you do that because he gives choices. And you have a choice to to say, I want the God of my creation to love me. And I want to accept that love. And I want to give my heart to him. I want to be able to have a transformation of my behavior so that I can get rid of the depression and get rid of the things that are causing me to stumble.
0: Yeah, and as we close... Um, Would you share about a woman in the Bible who's inspired or encouraged or taught you something?
1: Yes. And that was not too difficult for me because she's she's much more beautiful than me. But Esther, Esther was an orphan who had courage. She had holy boldness and she was very wise. So she had strategy in what she wanted to accomplish which eventually saved her nation. She was a Jewish person who had to keep that a secret. Well, I had to keep a secret of the fact, I wanted to keep a secret Secret that I had the story I had. I used to tell people my parents were killed in an airplane crash because I didn't want to tell my story when I was a little girl. And so I think of her and I think of the semblance there that she didn't want people to know she was Jewish because when she went into the king's palace... That was not allowed, you know. You could get shot for being for being that situation, and yet God turned it around completely. That she had, she went to the king's palace and got to marry the king. So I'm still waiting for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she was bold, like holy boldness. I call it.
1: You know, sometimes boldness can be a, a negative thing, but I think that when you can see it's a holy boldness. You're doing it for God's intention and for God's glory.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly, that's a very good distinction. Uh, Well, in Psalm 37, uh, verses four through six in the NIV, it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness, your righteous reward, shine like the dawn and your vindication like the noonday sun. Now, if you've been listening, as I know you have, you can see how God has done that in Jan's life. As she delighted in the Lord, he has filled her heart with delight. And God wants to do the same for you. At the beginning of our conversation, I mentioned uh, Psalm thirty-seven, twenty-three, that tells us how God delights in every detail of our lives. He's already delighting in us, and as we delight in him, he can direct us into all the wonderful things he has in store for us. Jan, would you take a moment and pray for our listeners? Certainly.
1: Dear Lord, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence in our lives. I thank you, Lord God, that every person that's listening, if they don't know who the Holy Spirit is, that they will just be able to ask. In the Bible, it says ask, and he'll give it to us. And it's kind of like a magnet to the direction he wants us to go. So, Lord God, I ask you to place that magnet in their hearts to be able to get so close to you that they can hear your heartbeat. Lord, I thank you for um, divine connections for each one listening. I thank you for peace and harmony in their homes. I thank you for finances that will give them the money that they need to do the things that you've called them to do. I thank you in advance for uh, divine health, that everything the enemy thinks that he's going to use against them that will be used for good. So, Lord, that they will walk out healthy and that they will be able to say, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I just thank you for that. Any... Uh, of the young people that are distancing themselves from their parents or their grandparents, Lord God, that you will send someone into their lives that will be able to make a difference, to be able, that somebody will minister to them as we have ministered, Lord God, to be able to draw them closer to the Lord. And so Lord God, I thank you for the gifts of the spirit that you will give them. And I thank you, God, that you will give them the education, the finances, the 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 home and the future that only you could bring to them, Lord, that things would be your ideas, not our ideas, and that you would be glorified through all of it. In Jesus' precious holy name,
0: I pray. Well, thank you for tuning in. Check out our show notes at hergodstory.org for scriptures, links, and other information. And you can sign up for our emails and get a six-week free devotional on Women of the Bible to download. Or you could purchase a 12-week devotional on Women of the Bible for just $12 knowing that all the proceeds will go to our Widow and Orphan Fund. We'd also love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer and text line. So give us a call or text anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you from Psalm 37.4. May you learn to delight in the Lord more and more. And may He give you your heart's desire. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.